Hello and welcome to Apostolic Talks. My name is Dustin Bodie. And I'm Cameron Cummings. And thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you listening on uh, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or Anchor, or if you're watching this on YouTube, we appreciate that as well. Um, today, we have a topic of, well, originally I had posed the topic of tradition versus traditionalism. And I guess that was a little... It's a little clearer in my mind than it is whenever I say it like that, I guess. Well, because when we were looking up a bit, it kind of yeah, had the same meaning. It seemed to have effect. the same meaning. Yeah. So I wanted to clarify that a little bit now that we're actually recording. So when I think of the church world today, I think of a lot of, you know, I hear a lot of hot button or hot topics that are flagged people say oh i don't want to go to church because there's rules and there's this and there's that and there's right you know that that comes up comes up a lot yeah um and that's the whole thing like you know i can have a relationship with god without going to church and someone telling me what to do right you know and which i get i do understand it makes sense in certain ways okay Explain like, but I think there, I think people lose a little bit in translation whenever there are traditions versus legalism. And do you want to explain to people what legalism and traditionalism well, are? So, like, legalism would be, um, you know, for instance, you're saved by rules. Okay. You know, you follow all the rules, you're good. Okay. You know, you check all your little boxes, you do this right, you do that right, you do all of this, versus, you know, having a right relationship with God and actually having a relationship. Because, I mean, as you know, we're both married. Your, your, your marriage isn't rules, right? Well, I mean, if you've met my wife. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, it's not rules. It's But you have rules. Yeah, we absolutely. Yes. So what does a, rela- a marriage look like? Whenever it's rule based, there's a lot of um, lot of uh, rule based. Man, sorry. Well, it becomes contentious quickly. You butt heads quickly, or oh, yeah, there's yeah, just yeah. a lack of love in general. <clears throat> okay. Because you can only feel so attached to someone. Like if if the only reason I stay with my wife is that it's not biblical to get divorced for no good reason? Well, I mean, the only means of divorce that the Bible gives us is through yeah, sexual morality. Exactly. So, like, but if that's the only reason I stay with my wife is to follow the rule of you don't get unmarried unless this happens. Right. I'm not exactly having a good marriage. Obviously, that's a bit of an extreme right. or an exaggeration. So, so one of the things you bringing that up, you know, obviously we, we don't, advocate divorce we don't believe in divorce but what i have come to understand is uh there's a difference between divorce and separation yeah okay so i mean some of y'all might be upset with me when i say this but i do believe it's okay if you have issues or circumstances show up to separate yourselves for a while as long as you're not going out and doing anything in the world knowing that you're still married why not be separated for a little bit to try to patch up or build up what relationship that you do have left yeah it could be helpful so 
So in that same way, I guess I kind of want to use that as a as an example of what it would be like because it, it's uncomfortable to have a relationship with anybody that's purely based on rules. I think that's where some of the contention comes in whenever you have a boss, right? Okay. Because you're bound by rules. You're there doing your job and you hopefully are doing something you enjoy. Right. But if you're get to the point where you don't enjoy it and you're there and you're just following the rules and you're not you, there's no give and take. So I think in the same way that those things affect us. I if 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 you can't be if you're not happy in your work because you're only there because it's against societal rules to just quit or it's against these rules to do this or it's against company rules to do your job the way you enjoy doing your job something like that or if you're in a marriage and you're just doing things because that's how you're supposed to do a marriage that's how the books say okay you're not going to have a good time well i i think what the issue is when it comes to churches we're already given a set of rules and that's called the bible you know and then we have people pastors uh men of god you know coming and saying you know well we need to do extra we need to do more which isn't a bad thing no but what i believe a lot of uh a lot of christians and a lot of apostolics pentecostals that we have a problem with is that you're telling me to do something that isn't even Bible-related. And yeah. you're telling me this is what I need to do to be a part of this church and part of this organization, and it's it's not biblical. Yeah. So, and it, but it, so it gets to the point where there are, when in a relationship, or whenever you have a relationship with God, the rules aren't the focus. So I guess I guess what I would say. So, so this is all kind of roundabout to to hit on the topic, or it's 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 on topic. But so whenever we have those rule, or whenever we have that right relationship, some things happen not because of the fact that they're rules, but just by nature of the relationship. So if you're in a committed relationship, you're married, right? You stay with that person. It's not necessarily because that's the rule. You do it because that's what you're supposed to do, right? Right. Now, we've developed a tradition of doing that. So it's so we honor the tradition with the relationship versus building the relationship just to honor the tradition. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I think one of the problems we have whenever we have people talking about, I don't go to church because of all the rules, or I don't like all the rules at that church, I don't like this, I don't like that, it's because the focus has been put on the rules, not the relationship. So then, so then let me bring this up whenever we talk about this, because every marriage, every relationship is different. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So what I do with my wife may not necessarily work for you and your wife. Exactly. Now, does that mean that our marriage isn't going to be as successful as your marriage? Not at all, because you're focused on the relationship. Okay, so then I, I, I still think it comes back to the point on 
we have all these separate denominations, all these separate church organizations, and some things work for them and others don't yeah. work for other people. And we, we see that with a lot of things, you know, like I'm just going to point out the obvious. We see it with standards, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, apostolic churches, you know, buying these standards on people and say, hey, you know what? This is what we've come to realize in our setting and our belief. Mm-hmm. And then we see most of the Christian churches and and we and we say, hey, you know what? They're not saved because they don't have these same values. They don't have these same beliefs as us. And I'm not saying all denominations and all organizations are like that. I mean, yeah. but a lot are as well. Well, there there is tribalism in you know their the the they group, the other group that plays into a part of that. But I think in the vast majority of people. If you talk to them honestly, that's not the point. It's not about it's not about they're not saved. Whenever compare, you know, like if we compare our church to another church, when you talk about they they don't hit these bullet points, or like you know, whenever you're just bringing up specifically standards, it's like well they don't hit these bullet points. I don't think the vast majority of people really do go and point and say, oh, they're not saved. I think that a vast majority of people are too busy, if, if they're doing what they're supposed to, they're too busy focusing on their right relationship with God. And they're thankful that people are actually, regardless of denomination, regardless of that, I mean, if you had to give me the choice between somebody I um, love being atheist or in a, another, another denomination, I mean, I'm going to go with, you know, hopefully they land in another denomination. Right. You know, and so I think, I think some of this has gotten blown out of the water. And I think the focus has been put on things to where, oh, this is legalistic. Oh, this is that. Not necessarily. I think some people have taken it a little bit too far that way. And obviously, if you are looking around judging, that's not good. It's, it's probably an issue. You need to you know, check that out. You right. need to get that looked at, right? Maybe talk to your pastor about it. But I think if it comes from the right place, you see somebody else and you go, they, well, they still pray. You focus on those things. Or do they have a relationship with God? Now, would I want everyone to kind of move more to where I personally am? Obviously. Well, I shouldn't say obviously. I would want that because that's what I believe for me and for my family. So that would make me, that would give me the most peace about those that I'm around as far as their salvation not judgment not any of that just as far as giving me peace because it would take the speculation out as far as i'm concerned and as far as my viewpoint yeah and and i would not disagree with you at all i just know from a personal standpoint of going to a bunch of different organizational events Mm -hmm. and i won't say specific denominations but They'll stand over the pulpit and say, we're the only ones with the truth. We're the only ones that can be saved because we do legalistic aspects that other denominations do not do. 
And they've done that in front of thousands upon thousands of people. Yeah. And then you get the reaction of, yes, you know, people are all excited for it. I don't disagree with you. I do believe that there is a, a majority of people who say, you know, it's not about this. It's about your relationship with God. Absolutely. And I don't doubt that. However, whenever I go to a church, like I, my, my dad was a pastor when I, when I was younger. Yeah, same here. For, yeah. for those listening. for the we're, first. Both, we're both pastor kids, PKs, yeah. Uh, so anyway, whenever my dad was a part of this organization, you know, he believed in the relationship as well. You know, from at yeah. least what he told me and what he preached over the pulpit. This is what I believe he thought it was the relationship with God. He said, I never wanted to to preach certain aspects because I wanted them to come into that for themselves. Because if it's not in the intent of their heart to do certain things, yeah, then it means absolutely nothing. Yeah. But see, the, the issue is we have a lot of people that have been born and raised in certain parts of apostolic and Pentecost that it's been ingrained in their minds that this is the way. I was teaching my Sunday school class the other day, and I, I asked them, you know, what does holiness look like? And then they want to point at each other on the physical appearance and the outward appearance. Yeah. And then I have to reroute them, and it's like, no, it's about the relationship with God. That's what holiness is. Yeah. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not holy. Yeah. You know, you can't look at someone's outward appearance and say, oh, you know what, they're holy, because that, that's, a, that's a dangerous road to go down. That's true, yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, so at this at one of the services, we had these visitors come in, and you know they're not your typical apostolic Pentecostal lookalikes. Mm-hmm. You know, they come in dressed however they want to be dressed, and we had this lady hand them a bag of skirts, saying, "This is what you need to wear the next time you come to church." You know, obviously there was some strife. We never saw the people again. Yeah, you know because they're. You know, I, I understand that there has to be a relationship with God, but yeah. you have to let their relationship develop at their own time. Yeah. Like I said, what may work for your marriage may not work for my marriage. Yeah, exactly. And so it, it, it does, it gets to the point where we jump, I think, I think it's more about jumping the gun and pushing the latter point than it is whether or not the issue is the issue. So when talking about that, when talking about holiness, external holiness, I believe, does matter. Well, absolutely. It, there are, and I, I would argue that it is biblical on many levels. You know, men dress like men, women dress like women. There are those things that some would point at and say, though that's legalistic. Some of those things, no. I, I, I do believe they're biblical founded it's but you do have one whenever it's taken too far and it's oh you cannot do you cannot love god until you do this whereas it should be you love god therefore you do this right this is a process in your relationship and it's one of the things I, i joke about this a lot because um I have to shave my beard to teach <laughs> Sunday school or if we were to be on the platform God or anything like that. And I, um, I I grow a very nice beard just for all of those listening to, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I like nice. my beard. Um, but I had to come to a realization 
I could get upset at the tradition of me having to shave. And I could let that develop into bitterness. Right. And I could let that push me away from my pastor. And I could let that push me away from the organization that is a, my pastor is affiliated, that I'm affiliated, that my dad's affiliated with. Or I could realize that there's a tradition. There, there is a tradition of, you know, ministry and those being clean shaven or not having beards. Now, why is that? Mostly it goes back to when this particular organization started in the 50s and things like that. It was, um, and you started having the hippie movement. You started having that rebellion. You st- and that was kind of signified with long hair and beards. It, that just started right. popping up. So that tradition was started whenever the sign of rebellion was the beard or was the was that that external and so it wasn't a precursor it was a, a response to the rebellion so whenever they saw something they said wait a minute this doesn't this is this is sinful there's a problem with this so we're going to build a hedge here so that we don't have to worry about our children ending up over here. Yeah. So I'm going to build a fence over here, just like God. Whenever God talked to Moses, and He told him, "You, I, you know," He laid out the Ten Commandments. Right. He gave him some specifics, right? Right. And then what did He do? Then He said, "You know, go and do whatever extra you think is necessary." Exactly. Basically, in a nutshell. So some things, whenever we like to look at them as legalistic or whenever the world or others like to point the fingers or even when we're pointing them inwards there are things that from a strictly if you just strictly biblical standpoint there is no there's nothing that anywhere in there about you need to shave no it's not there well jesus had a beard right yeah so so why do we honor that tradition? Because of the man of God in our church that exactly. says, so, hey, I believe you should be doing this. And it's about showing honor to him. So, no. Not necessarily. In, in, in part. It is in part. Okay. So it starts, so it starts with that. He does it for because it is, you know, it's what he's grown up with. It's what it's part of his tradition and culture growing up in the church. And he's been pastoring this church for 40-odd years, I believe, right? Something like that. Yeah, something. It's incredible. And so, yeah, he does, he teaches that, and it's part of what the organization works with. And we honor that at first to honor him. Maybe. We might, if he tell you know, if he mentions it and he goes, oh well, and then you do it. Well, I did it because Pastor told me to do it. But if it stops there, it's you're, you're missing a point because it, on I don't want to do it personally. I just I I personally like having a beard. Ditto. So I could let that personal thing get me. 
Or I could realize that I need to, there's some things that maybe I need work on in my personal character to where, is it really that big of a deal to make a small sacrifice to set myself apart? And see, but you could put that shoe on the other foot and say, is it that big of a deal for him to make a big deal about it, too? No, 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 it doesn't go the other way for why that. Doesn't it go, why doesn't it go both ways? Because it's not a sacrifice if you don't give anything away. I have to give something away for it to be a sacrifice to God. So him him saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to let you have a beard, isn't him giving away two traditions? That's him giving away something. That is a sacrifice in a means. It's, it's just, not to it's God. Not a, it's not a physical sacrifice. That would sacrifice. be to man. It would not be to God. It would be just to man. Because so you would be it, caving into pressure. And I and I get where you're coming from. Right. I understand that. But it would it would simply be letting what I personally want happen. And I'm and I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm not saying no, that. I, I, I know. I know. I'm saying that in part, one of the reasons this tradition exists is because it tests young men. That might seem silly, but it's not. One of the reasons this exists is because if you can't get over not having facial hair, maybe you don't have the character for this because it's not a big deal. No, so you're, why you're right. are we it's, frustrated? I, Did, think, I think it's frustrating because... We don't see in the Bible. Okay, so as as a church organization, we believe in the the power of Scripture. Yeah. All right. Things come through Scripture. It's God breathed. That's what we need to follow. Yeah. And I think what we have a problem with problem with is when people want to add to or take away and say, "Hey, you know what? This is uh, truth because of what happened back then." And I think that we need to honor what our forefathers did in front of us. We see times changing all the time. Oh, yeah. Th I you mean, know, things cu change. Cultures change. Traditions yeah. need to change. You know, and the thing is, what may have stood as a rebellion back in the 70s isn't a rebellion now. So, but it is. It, how? So, I don't, I don't what, agree with what that. What does a person do immediately after they backslide, or after they leave the church? A, a guy that can grow a beard. What do they? What does he usually do? But that's not no, backsliding. No, no. Humor I, me. Humor okay. me. Okay. When they do, I'm not saying that this is the act. Okay. I'm saying when they do. Well, of course. What you usually accomplishes? Well, do you? <laughs> real quick, I'm sorry. Do you grow a beard throughout the week? Yeah. Okay. So in that same sense, you said it's not in your heart, but you're still going to grow a beard throughout the week and say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to honor my pastor and just shave for Sunday." I make that sacrifice every Sunday. Every Sunday, right? So because he hasn't he hasn't asked me to sacrifice that every day of the week. He's asked me to do it for Sundays. If he asks me to do it every day of the week, I'll do it every day of the week. If he asks me to get a straight razor shave every day, I'll do it. I hate straight razor shave. I do too. They're really <laughs> uncomfortable. I don't get the ear, height. Ear, I ear don't get why skin. people do it. I don't like it at all. But. So, but so so back to back to my point. Just humor me for a minute okay, on this. I got gotcha. you. So whenever a young guy, I'll use me for an example. Whenever I backslid, whenever I got out of church, I immediately started growing my facial hair. Okay. Because a small part of me knew that it was going against the tradition, 
and that I was going against, it was rebellion. Just like what happened whenever this tradition was started. It was an outward sign to the world that I am no longer a part of this. It was an active act of rebellion. I'm not saying beards are a sin. I know you're not. I'm saying the active act, active act, (laughs) the, the act of doing that was sin. It was a rebellion. So in the same way that this started then, and we have, you know, Moses was, Moses was given the directive from God. You know, you lay out some ground rules. You fill out some of this turf, right? You fill out some of these rules. You put some fences up for your flock. Right. And that same way, now we see that. We see that in modern times. Because traditions have changed. Things have changed. Styles have changed. And some of those are okay. And I believe if it got to the point where it wasn't an act of rebellion to grow, the, to grow my beard, it, would be, it wouldn't be a problem. Right. Do you see what I mean? I, I totally get what you mean. So it's not... I believe that it still does have in effect the same thing that it did whenever the tradition started and even biblically it um i actually read some bible for this talk today can you believe it (laughs) you read i know right (laughs) you know and um this this is like the most common scripture kind of for this that i could find you know it's second thessalonians chapter two and it says therefore brethren stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by the word or by our epistle. Right. That's by our example. So, are there some things that verge on legalism when looked at from the outside? Yes. But, if I look at it like that, I'm looking at it through the wrong lens. But whenever I realize that I can take, I can either be bitter or I can sacrifice. If it wasn't an issue, it wouldn't be an issue. But it's still an issue because we're still talking about it. You see what I mean? I think we're still talking about it is because we still can't do it. You know, if you tell me, hey, you know what? I'm okay with you having a beard, in which a lot of Pentecostal churches yeah. are, are starting to move to that movement. So it... And, and that's and that's still where I, I get the 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 irritation from is that hey you know what because I'm from this generation and I'm from this time age you know well, whatever. but would you have then, them sacrifice their personal convictions well it's not a personal conviction for me but a pastor has to preach his conviction he has to he also has to, he also has to preach what the organization tells him to preach. And it may not even in be part, it may not even be his personal conviction. It may be the organization telling him to preach that. In part, and, and you, no, come on, man, no, you, you know that's true. No, we have a very wide range of the organization doesn't interfere in your church unless you start crossing doctrinal boundaries. That's why in their bylaws it says you have to preach certain things in order to be licensed in this organization. That's a loose. It's 
that doesn't get I, I think I think you're playing that too lighthearted. I, I don't. I, I disagree. Okay. I've never seen that happen. What you're describing, I've never seen that happen. So whenever people, it's not whenever people cross that little, that little legalistic, or they say this or that. That's not whenever the organization steps in. It's when they start crossing lines when it comes to the Godhead and boundaries, and that's because they signed a document saying this is what I believe. If you then go against this is what I believe. Right. And well, that, then why do you deserve to that, be in the organization? And that's you, why you you're have, disagreeing. And that's why you have pastors in the organizations saying, I don't have TV in my home, and they put it outside of their home before they sign the, uh, the documents. And you know that happens, too. Or they, they, call, their, they, they call their time. TVs a monitor when it's yeah. not really a monitor, and they'll still watch Netflix, still watch Hulu yeah. on it. I mean, come on. We're, we're, we're talking about tomato, tomato here. I mean, it, it happens. And it happens mm. more than like more than not. You could probably walk into a lot of newer, younger age generational pastors, mm. licensed ministers in certain organizations and find things in their home that you won't find in an older generation's home. It's yeah. because it's not in the heart of the newer generation. It's in the heart of the older generation. And yes, they're going to be uh, people who want to please their pastor and yeah. want to be on that category and want to be on that same side as him because they respect it. But if you're telling me that it needs to be in their heart as well, I don't necessarily agree with that because you do things in order to uh, in order to please your pastor and to show obedience. I think yeah. obedience needs to be in the no, heart. No, no, I agree. Yeah, okay. Then then we do agree. Maybe no, I'm no, just I, not phrasing it correctly. Okay. Be, well, or maybe we have different uh, perception perceptions of what that looks like maybe because for me if you um it's just as important to follow uh, to uh, to in, in obedience it's just as important to follow the 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 reason you, you know follow the the rule of the or the what is it whenever they you know follow the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law okay it's important to have both no, I, I totally agree with that. I so, totally agree. So I think that's what... So to me, what that looks like is if, if I'm bitter and following the letter of the law, I'm ruining the spirit of the law. Okay. Yeah. And you're basically making it defunct. So my whole thing, if, if that's how you... If that's the view... If that's how you feel about it, then, then what's the point? Because what works for my marriage may not work for your marriage, and what works for your yeah. marriage may not work for my marriage. Exactly. So it <laughs> comes down to every individual person and their relationship with God. Absolutely. So you can't point at everybody and say, oh, this, oh, that, oh, that, oh, this, or this. I, I agree. Yep. That's why pastors, they don't typically worry about other people's churches. For the most, no, you're right. You're right. T typically, for the most part, but other I, than in passing I an observation, I guarantee right? you, people on the board that are supposed to oversee those. But that's their job. That's their job. Yeah, that's their. They're elected and appointed specifically yeah, no, to okay, do that. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. That they're supposed to. But your tip, your average pastor, spends far less time worrying about other people's churches than he does his own. He should. Well, he should. Yeah, worry he should. About his own church. You know. So. 
you have him in his relationship with God and setting those fences where he's supposed to according to his because you know if if a pastor if if he's supposed to give account whenever he gets to heaven of what he did on earth and his god appoint is is his god appointed job was to be a shepherd to be a pastor and if he let them do something he wouldn't let himself or his family do and it crosses the line I would never want to be in that place. I'd want to err a little bit on the side of caution. And I, I, I agree with that. Because I don't feel comfortable giving an account for something I don't believe. So whenever it comes down to us and the, the young ministry and saints and people who are just active in their church... We do have to just take faith and follow not just the letter of the law that our pastor puts out, but the spirit of the law also. Because if you're doing just what your pastor says, and you're doing it only because he says, and there's nothing make, there's nothing else following with that, you know, or or if you're bitter about it the whole time then I think it's something that needs to be reworked or maybe discussions to be had with your pastor to bring clarity and things like that. Because it's not just doing the right things. It's doing the right things right. It's having the right spirit. It's having the right attitude because I've, I've never met a bitter per or I've never met somebody that was bitter about everything that had a good walk with God. You know what I mean? I, I, I can see that. Yeah. Because um, it, 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 it taints it. Bitterness taints things. It, it's like dropping back, you know, you drop bacteria into water and it affects the whole body of water given time. So I think it's important that we keep ourselves under, under a looking glass and we remember that some of these things we follow and we look to as tradition, which is biblical. Right. And then there are things that we look to that are traditionalism that go too far, that push the bounds of that relationship with God. Because some of those, and it goes on in this to say, if, if that tradition violates the word, if it violates these things, if it violates the spirit at the same time, comes against the if word. the letter of the law contradicts the spirit of the law, there's a problem. Right. I'm okay with um, with pastors saying, you know, there's the cliff, here's the fence. Yeah. I want you to stay 100 feet behind the cliff. Someone put the fence like 200 feet. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm cool with that. But what I'm not cool with is saying that it's not okay to cross over the fence and just take a look around. Even though the fence was set there, you're still staying within that that hundred feet boundary mark that he laid out for you. Yeah. You know, you know, you may be crossing the fence, and then people will look at that and be like, "Oh, look what you're doing! You're definitely going to hell. You're definitely sinning. You're definitely doing something that's not right." And technically, you're following the rules and the guidelines. Mm-hmm. Except he did, he put a fence about hundred yards back and saying, 
you know, I want you to stay back here, but it's okay to be 100 feet close to the cliff too. Yeah, as long as you're working within those parameters that are safe. That's not to say that you can't just go out on your own and do whatever you want. You can. Yeah, absolutely. But then you're out on your own. But you still could be saved that way too. Yeah, but then you're still out on your own doing whatever you want. And I think that let, comes let, with let's, more let's, negative connotation. Let's clarify. Whenever we say whatever you want, we mean within the parameters yeah, well, of the Bible. Yes. Okay. Yes. Don't go out and just start getting high and all that yeah. stuff and say, "Oh, this is okay," you know. Yeah, but you still, at that point, you will not get all the benefits that come with the tradition. Because too often we do just dismiss the benefits that come with long-standing tradition. Right. It brings community. It brings togetherness. It brings unity. It brings all of this sense of camaraderie and all of those types of things. And it's actually, if you look at America today, one of the major problems we have is that there's a break. there's been a breakdown in community. And you see all these splintered cells starting to align themselves. And you do see them. I, 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 think it's, I think it's interesting. You start to see them aligning with how they look. Okay. So it, you see these precursors and you see these traditions that have been longstanding. And it's, you start to look at those things. And you say, oh, well, that's, you know, we, we need to be careful that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And we're looking at the, co- the benefits that come with it, not just the sacrifices we make for it. Because we've seen an uptick in suicides. We've seen mental health problems. We've seen all these things come with a strong correlation. Maybe not causation. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't spent a lot of time digging on all of this. You know what I mean? Right. So, but maybe not causation, but there's a definite correlation between a breakdown of community and these negative impacts that we're having. And people are trying to fill that void with something. And I, like I said, I think it's interesting that you see most of those times when they go to fill that void, they're filling it and they're filling it with people that associate and look a certain way. And see that, I don't know if I agree totally with that. I agree with aspects of it. Yeah. Because honestly, the common factor of us having a sense of community should not be in the way we look and the way we present ourselves. Our common goal and our common factor should be Jesus. Yeah. But it is a definite byproduct. I, I do believe that. I, I believe if you look at everything else, human nature, I think is a byproduct of that things tend to mesh together when they come to a common cause. There tends to be a slight uniformity. That, that, that doesn't mean whitewashing everything. That doesn't mean deleting other, other, these other traditions and these other things, I think that it comes with a balance and that comes with wisdom and we have to incorporate those things, obviously. But I do think that it's important we take a look at remembering that, you know, this modern day mantra of 
down with the traditions, down with the establishments, down with all of the things that have been here before we got here is something to be cautious about. Now it comes with good things because you don't get any reward without risk and you don't get change without losing something. Right. So I, I would say, I, for me, I want to be careful, I want to be cautious and cognizant that I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm messing with, and I want to make sure. And one of my favorite quotes, we're getting close to, wow, we're hitting about the 40-minute mark, um, just kind of wrapping things up. One of my favorite quotes, I cannot remember who it's by, but he said, um, he's, he's a preacher, he was a missionary, and he said, I must understand that what I do in moderation, my children will do in excess. So I have to be cognizant of that because it seems to be true. For everything I've seen, if you're a sports fan, the odds are your kids are going to be an ultra sports fan or a hater. Tell Dwayne Wade's kid that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to fluctuate. They're going to go to an excess with the moderation of the parent. Or, you know, it's going to, it has that fluctuation. So I want to remain cognizant. I try to think of that, that I want to set up my life in a way that if it impacts my children, how will it impact my children? How will right. it impact those around me? Right. Um, I know with uh, me and my wife, we have talked about tradition and when we raise kids, what we mm-hmm. are going to allow our kids to do. And I think we've both come to an understanding is we're not going to push tradition on them. We want them to be led with their heart and order yeah. For them to feel, hey, you know what, this is what I need to do, not what I what I have to do. Exactly. Um, and like I like I've said before, I think traditions, I think all that stuff. I think it's beautiful. I think it is. Uh, it, it is honestly sent from God. However, I do believe that there are times where traditions can be changed or altered. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the big problems with organizations today. They have held on to things for so long yeah. that they consider it to be actually biblical. Yeah. And not so, hey, this was put in place at a certain time for a certain reason. It's okay to let go of that now. Yeah. And that's where I think an issue can run in. But traditions, 100% believe they're great, believe they need to be stayed in place stayed they need to be stayed in place they need to be put in place and they need to be kept there yeah i do however i do believe that there are times for change yeah I, and i agree 100 because I, I i believe that stagnation is a killer absolutely and it does we need to be constantly looking forward but i i, I also believe that it's important to have those guidelines to where if we make a misstep it's, it's easier to find the way back. I, I guarantee you, if we were back in the 40s and 50s when the, the Pentecostal movement was mm-hmm. prominent, people would look at us today and say, you guys are sinners. Oh, yeah, probably. Because <laughs> we begin to let go of certain aspects and mm-hmm. certain traditions. And it needs to happen. It yeah, really there, does. There are flexes. There are things. There are all of the, you know, there, there's a flux that comes with it. 
But I, the, the, my major thing is that, you know, I want to, like I said, I want to look, keep my eyes forward, but keep a hand back. Right. Because I don't want to fall. I don't want to get too close to that. You know, I'm looking forward. I'm looking at the skyline and I walk off the edge. Right. If I've got a hand back, if I've got a rope, I've got something tying me to a tradition. It's not a binding. It's a saving in a way. You know what I mean? So I think there's a there's a balance. I think there's a healthy give and take that needs to be maintained. And I think if I think the major takeaway, the major thing that we need to dwell on is that if I keep up a prayer life, if I keep up a relationship with God, things going to be all right. Absolutely. It's going to work out. Absolutely. And the more and more things that you add on to your relationship with God, that's all beautiful. Mm-hmm. It should be considered as beautiful. It shouldn't be considered as a chore. Yeah, like in in your marriage. I'm sure you guys have your little adorable cheesy things that you do oh, with each other no, that would me. make you blush no, if we talked no. about it. And <laughs> And that's between the two of you. And that's where I think that I want to focus is that with me and my family, we have those little things that we do. We have those connections that draw us closer in our relationship. So I, I think if um, I think if things are pushing you away from God, it might be time for or pushing me away from God. It might be time for me to do some reflection, reevaluate, and reevaluate, and make sure God, am I doing this right? Am I doing what you want me to do? Is this where you want me to go? And but and it's it's it's. It's scary in a way because you're, you have to have the wisdom to distinguish between your inner voice and God's voice. You can't mix the two. You know, it's a. But yeah, it's it's um, it's definitely part of our culture today. It's definitely something we deal with on a regular basis. So I hope this has been a uh, useful talk for you guys. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Is there anything you want to say in closing? Just keep building that relationship with God, and He'll lead and guide you into all truth. God bless you guys. Then I'm looking forward to going in that Sunday afternoon tradition of taking a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Let's keep that one around. Right. (laughs) All right. Thank you, guys, and God bless.